1: Hey everybody, this is Chris from WrestleNomics. I'm of course joined by Brandon Howard Thurston and we've got a ton of cool content for you this week. Uh, We recorded it all in different bits and slices and we're reconfiguring it now that we finally got a plan and understanding And So here's what you're going to see. We got an incredible CMLL uh, review for the anniversary show uh, with our good friend Will from Texas. Uh, That's good helmet for those of you back in the day who might remember this man. Uh, And then not only that, on the premium show at WrestleNomics.com $5 a month uh, we have a incredible uh, deep dive into independent contractor status where I go through the whole IRS 10 factor test and that either is going to be the coolest thing you've ever heard about or you will gouge your ears and eyes out as we go through the legalese of the difference between being an employee and an independent contractor, it's a three-part article that I'm going through, and we started in part two just to give you that feeling that that we're starting in the middle, like any good improv scene or narrative. Yeah. Well, uh, this, but
2: this week's uh, independent contractor analysis is brought to you by Quentin Tarantino. We're we're publishing it <laughs> totally out of order,
1: but but it's it's. To me, it's the the meat and the potatoes of it. Is part one uh, is is talking more about the history. Part three is talking about the ramifications, but part two is the analysis. And so we're going to start with the analysis as WrestleNomics does. And that's not all. WrestleNomics also has this whole new media development uh, uh, discussion. It's it's a whole series about OTT services and the NFL and podcasts and the Gladiator Sports Network, and we go all over the place on that one. Plus a review of some China. Uh, uh, discussions that we're having as, as two gringos sit here and try to learn everything we can about the Chinese wrestling scene uh, from afar and just marvel at, at the wonder that is the internet. That's the exciting stuff that's overall at WrestleNomics.com You'd $5 a month to become a Patreon, become a super subscriber, become a supporter, and it makes a world of difference for Brandon and I. And as you will discover, it will help pay off the Discover card right now and the Diners Club card that has been maxed out with the all-in tickets. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I am Chris Harrington, joined, of course, by Brandon Howard Thurston. But we've got a very special guest star. This man has has traversed the world in one day. He woke up today in Mexico. He finished the day in Texas. It's Will from Texas, AKA Good Helmet, uh, one of my oldest podcasting buddies, going back all the way back to the DVDVR days and the pro wrestling only days. Will. How the heck are you
2: doing?
3: Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm so tired. This is a a wrestling weekend for me. I started on Thursday Thursday night in Mexico City, went to the Impact taping, did the CMLL anniversary show the next night, flew into Texas today, and tomorrow uh, we're in um, in San Antonio in the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. It's going to be a long wrestling weekend.
1: And you didn't even fly into San Antonio, did you?
3: Man, there's no way i'm driving <laughs> uh, across mexico man on those roads man those, this is one of the craziest things about mexico it's the drivers they are insane it is scary it is legitimately the scariest thing that i've ever encountered with Mexican driving you know when i was and in me- college i'm not even joking
1: about that when i was in college uh i i studied in west africa and that used to always be the thing where they'd say the most dangerous thing about West Africa is not natural disasters. It's not animals. It's not, you know, being killed on the street. It's driving. Driving is going to be the thing that will probably kill you if anything is going to kill you. And they were right because I almost died in a terrible uh, big, big car accident when we our bus hit a, uh, a piece of construction equipment. But uh, I lived. You lived. Uh, you flew all the way back to Dallas and then you like drove to like San Antonio today. So you've had quite a day. Um,
3: That's correct.
1: But but I'm curious, uh, was this your first time down in Mexico City?
3: In Mexico City, yes. And I'm going to be honest with you, I was scared to go. You know, I was thinking drug cartels. I was thinking, you know, getting mugged in the street, getting kidnapped. I mean, really, you, you hear all of these horror stories. And uh, I've been all over the U.S. I've been to Toronto. I've been to Europe. I love Mexico City, man. I fell in love with that city. Uh, if, if there was a job that could pay me enough to stay there, I would absolutely move there. I thought the culture was fascinating. I've been in the city for 15 minutes, and we're driving to the hotel in the Uber, and we come to a stop in the traffic, and I'm like, what's going on? And, and there's a huge protest that stretched on for miles and miles, and it was students protesting and I was like, man, these are my people. I'm going to go out there and start protesting with these students. And <laughs> the, the the driver turns to and says, no, no, senior, they they are protesting the the professors, the teachers. Okay, like, oh no, I'm a teacher. I'm not. I'm not getting out there and protest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, they'll they turn on me real quick. But it was just amazing, man. It was just the city is alive, man, and it has so much spirit to it. I just I loved it. I loved everything about it.
1: So we we think of. Um lucha libre so much when we're talking about it and what was the culture like there in terms of was there any lucha libre things that you saw outside of when you were actually going to an impact taping or a cmll taping
3: absolutely uh, man we have not talked about this i want to let people out there know that we have not talked about this we actually went to the Elijo del santo store which is like a little boutique in this hip little area of um, Mexico City, you know, with bars lining the streets and little like cobblestone paths or whatever, and there's a nice little boutique with nothing but Santo memorabilia and um, apparel, and it, it was
1: awesome. <laughs>
3: it was like a little mini museum in two rooms. You know,
1: did did you buy uh, uh something, a mask or shirt or anything for a cool memento for the trip?
3: No, I had met I had met Elio Del Santo in San Antonio back in 2011, and so back then I bought the mask. I have a signed Santo mask. I, I you know I I watched him wrestle in a an abandoned uh, rodeo. Uh, about 15 miles south of San Antonio back then, and so I was, I was like, "I'm good, you know. I don't need the commemorative keychain or the stickers or, <laughs> or or the the Santo purse. I'm all right, you know." But but the friend I was with, he, he bought so much stuff, you know, he he went wild in that store. So we we saw that, but I'm telling you, anywhere that there's a um, a booth or any type of um. I don't know, like flea markets or or whatever. So many lucha masks. And, and I thought that they would be really cheap lucha masks. They're not, there's some really nice quality lucha masks on like every random street corner in Mexico city, you know, for, for the tourists. And and I was really shocked.
1: And so you were there for approximately what, two days or three days, two nights, something like that. Two
3: days, two days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two, two days, two
1: nights, yeah. and uh, did you enjoy your food?
3: I did. That was another thing. You know, every, I was so scared of the water. <laughs> I was scared of Montezuma's revenge. Man, the, um, I ate the food. You know, drink bottled water, but you know, I didn't get sick. I was fine. It, it, the food was great. But the, the the whole city was great. I mean, the, I really was scared. Like, I, I mean. And there are dirty parts of Mexico City, right? I mean, and and there even like the nicer parts have tons of graffiti and 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 uh, whatnot. And, and there are some streets you drive down, you're like, man, I don't know if I could walk down the street at night. But it just added to the atmosphere of the city, you know. But uh, but the food was awesome. I I had no complaints, you know. The cheese was a little bit different, right? Um, a buddy of mine uh, who used to live in Mexico, he was telling me that like they use goat cheese. So it just has like a different texture or whatever, but but taste wise it tastes great. So it, it looks a little bit weird, looks a little bit different, you know. Um, nothing that they that nothing that they serve uh, looks like it would be on a menu, like a picture they would take for a menu, you know. Mm. But it all tastes good. So you know, <laughs> I like so- can't judge a book by its cover. It was it was all great.
1: So we could sit here and talk through all your tourist memories, but it was also a, a wrestling uh, trip for you. And so you got to go see the the Impact tapings in Mexico City. I actually watched Impact this morning just to uh on a whim because wow. I, I was really excited about seeing maybe the Lucha Brothers in action, which they were. So that was fun. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about that experience of where was the Impact tapings at and uh, how was the crowd reacting? And did they ah. know these characters? And, and what's that integration like going on with Impact these days?
3: Yeah, they, they did know that the characters – I have, I have to admit, admit this. I am not familiar with the characters. I don't know what's going on in CNA. You know, the last time I saw Moose, he was in ROH. Um, I yeah, not know Austin Aries, was back in
1: CNA. Exactly. Aries was the it, champion on the taping I just watched, and uh, he wrestled right. – and this was part of the reason I wanted to watch it was he wrestled Falaba, who if you don't know who he is, he kind of looks like um, – not even a poor man's Rikishi. He's he's a he's just a, one of these really, really big Polynesian looking men. He's actually from New Jersey. So, you know, he plays the role <laughs> of kind of like a, a clueless savage, but he's just like a guy from New Jersey. But it was one of these like Austin Aries versus a four hundred and twenty pound man was the gimmick. For the finals, kind, so kind
3: of like Congo Kong. He's not Congo Kong, is
1: he? Well, that's what was so funny is Congo Kong was in the match right before him, and I was just like, really? Like, <laughs> if I had to book a show, I would probably not put Congo Kong and Falah like in back to back matches because it, it's kind oh, of the same funny. gimmick.
3: But yeah, it's very I've, similar. I've seen Congo Kong before, man, and Congo Kong's amazing. I love that guy, but I didn't know he was in TNA either, man. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs>
1: So, do you, so when you did get to the show and you did see it, uh, you know, I know that there's some guys like, what is it, Killer Cross or, or uh, who, who are doing both AAA and they're doing TNA. But who, what were some of the people that were at the Impact Tapings? I'm going to see if I can find them.
3: Oh, okay, OK. Well, I'm not going to go down match by match, right? OK. Nope. Um, I will say, though, that um, we, we had a, a – I want to call him a sponsor. He didn't sponsor. He, he He's a friend of my friend who lives in Mexico who bought the tickets, right, for us for the show and you know kind of like our translator guy to hang out with at the show explaining what's going on whatever This super sweet guy his name's ricardo and he uh he told us that because we left the impact tapings early we we had seen the uh uh, there was johnny impact and eddie edwards versus killer crossing moose right and austin aries had come out um as like a I guess, I don't know, like, a not a manager, but, you know, like, a second or whatever, right? Like, show support for his guys or whatever. And then we thought that was the main event. And then there was, like, a six-man Lucha match afterwards. I didn't know any of the guys, right?
1: Oh, Dragon Bane, Art, Aramis, Latigo, Erez, Cheek Tormenta, and Starfire, it says, on the explosion table. I
3: heard it was, like, one of the best matches of the weekend. (laughs) And we laughed (laughs) early, man. But they were there. Uh, they had like a fake La Parca. I don't even think it was like Super park It was just someone dressed up like La Parka what they call LaParca. You know? It might have been Super Park, I don't know, but the the crowd was pissed. They were excited. They thought it was LA Park and then they realized <laughs> this guy was way too thin to be LA Park and they, they just went not <laughs> and they turned on him. Um they had um a guy named Puma King who was like in this four way match with Trevor Lee, P. D. Williams, and Jack Evans. And I thought he looked good. I mean, I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's anything in Mexico. His crowd was chanting Puma, Puma. And and I thought he hit all of his thoughts and looked neat. Um, I don't know if you remember from AAA from the Apache family.
1: Fabi Apache. Yeah, yeah, of course.
3: Yeah, she was she was there. She's looking a little older, a little thicker. You know, yeah, she,
1: she, uh, but, she beat Alicia Edwards, it looks like.
3: Yes, yes. And she was over huge, man, you know um there were a bunch of lucha boys that you know um were there man i didn't know who they were i'm just going to be honest <laughs> uh, well like, it looks oh, like one match.
1: Right. it looks like the the they had a hot opener with uh the lucha brothers pentagon jr yeah and phoenix versus rich swan and matt Seidel.
3: yes and that, that was the highlight for me because i you know walked out on that six man, uh lucha match later on in the show but that the, the, the lucha brothers match was absolutely the highlight and, the five and Sloan looked good. And it was, it was like a, it was just a fun tag, you know, the finish might've been botched, but I don't know, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was really a fun match and, and it just made me hype to see Phoenix and Pentagon the next night. You know, how so, many, uh,
1: about, you know, what was this a place that sat several thousand people? Was this just a few hundred people? Uh,
3: no, maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred, maybe. I don't know. It, it wasn't full. Um, there were lots of floor seats available. Um, it, it's funny, my buddy, he uh, he bought the cheapest tickets, right? So we thought, we look at those or whatever." Which are really even those please because if you've ever been to any indie show in the U.S. that had like two levels, like what's that place in New York that R.H. will run? Um, uh,
1: not the Hammerstein, but um, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. At but this but one.
3: like in any place that like has two levels, but like. One side doesn't have a crowd on it because that's kind of like where the wrestlers are backstage or whatever.
4: You yeah,
3: it, it, it had that kind of setup where it had the stage. Like if you're looking at your TV screen, uh, the, and you look at the stage, all of the crowd is to the left of the stage. To the right, there's like one row of people, and then um, you know where you where the cameras not see that. The hard camera side is like maybe. um, Six or eight rows of, of just chairs with the announcers behind those chairs.
1: So when you and go, so it's kind of
3: like like any other like indie show that you might
1: have seen like with two levels. When when you watch you know uh, a Triple Mania or a CMLL anniversary show and you look out in the crowd, the thing I think that always strikes me about when I look at a lucha libre crowd like that is you'll see like families, you'll see older women, you'll just see all L walks of life there at the show, they're being excited. At the Impact tapings versus the CMLL anniversary tapings, was it a similar crowd or was it a much younger crowd or, or uh, more affluent crowd Man, that would it, go to Impact?
3: It was a crowd like, a, a, take an American crowd, turn them all into Mexicans and, I, and I'm serious about this, like I'm, I'm talking age group. You know, 90% now, 95% now, you know, um, kind of super wrestling nerds, right? Turn them into Mexicans and put them in Mexico City. It's the exact same crowd, except they all speak Spanish and chant in Spanish. And I'm very serious about that. It's it's like like whoever you see at an Impact Taping in America, it's the same
1: type of person in Mexico. (laughs) <laughs> they Which found their demographic
3: different from the next night at the anniversary show
1: okay so it was a totally different group than, than who would so, be going to a same yeah,
3: well in terms of well one you're, you're comparing like maybe a thousand people I don't know I know my buddy said that they only had only sold 200 tickets and since you are you know Russell Mom, right let's the money here they had only sold like 200 tickets up a, until like a week before the show
1: and but I was there curious were a lot about that more
3: than 200 people there
1: so you did buy your tickets to both shows before you, you went, though. The, the, this was not walk-up-and-buy-tickets type of approach for you anymore.
3: Um, it, the, the Impact show absolutely could have been. It's, uh, but the buddy I, I, I met in Mexico City who I went to these shows with, and who, uh, incidentally, I'm going to Hell in the Cell with tomorrow, my buddy Hassan, he bought them online. And he just bought two random tickets for the cheapest price possible. And it's funny because they have like lights in the Put it this way if you're looking at the stage, think about the furthest corner where a seat can be. And he had the two furthest in the entire place, but there were like three empty rows there. And I'm like, Why are we sitting all the way over here? Like, why did you get the absolute worst seats in the entire place? And there's like nobody in those, those three sections in front of us. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, now we have to move, and so we like we moved kind of like where we're like looking right down on the, the um the ring. But he really did. It was like whatever random generator produced his tickets. They gave him the absolute worst tickets in the place, you know. Um, like and, and I it, they weren't the highest tickets. Like they weren't in the very top of like the 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 second um floor or whatever. It's just it it, it wasn't like a nice square section and like it was the furthest two seats away from the, the ring you know it, and I, I'd, I'd like to draw you a diagram but I, I don't know how to explain, <laughs> but, but it really was the, the weirdest thing to look at man it was just I was like man we're moving and it's like well, won't we get in trouble and I'm like Dude, we're in Mexico we're not getting in trouble let's go come on <laughs> you know, like, so Brandon Brent... did, we
1: Brandon and I were had the luxury of going to All-In a couple of weeks ago. And one oh, thing that nice. I, that really struck me, and I remember commenting to Brandon during the show, was that nobody had signs. And it was just the first time I'd been to a wrestling show in forever when there wasn't just people holding up signs randomly throughout the night. There was, like, literally one or two signs I saw the whole night, and that was about it. And so I was kind of curious if that is a change in, in wrestling... But specifically for when you were in Mexico, there did people seem like they had brought signs to the Impact Arena or to uh, the CML show the next day? No
3: signs, no signs. No, no I, I can tell you it's that one sign that I, I saw. No, no signs at all.
1: Okay. And
3: yeah, um, no, no, really. Like at either show, there were there were no signs. Uh, a lot of chants, you know, um, a lot of chants in Spanish. Um, <laughs>
1: Did, did there's you get there's a them chance translated the for you? Brothers,
3: that means, yeah, no fear in Spanish. What do they yes. say? Cielo Vista or something? I don't know. Okay.
1: Brandon, Brandon knows what it is.
2: Cera Yes,
3: that one. Yes. <laughs> Both nights we were chanting that. Yes. You know. he's... Thank you. That's the one. Yeah, so the, lots of chants. Um, I'll just say it. like After the the L.A. Park match uh, at the anniversary show... Um. S plus lucha, this is lucha, you know, like, a lot of uh, booing, uh, you know, people they didn't like, uh, just just at the anniversary show, uh, instead of cibernético, it was ciber puto, which is a, you know, an insult in Spanish there, so, (laughs) Uh, you know, culeros, culeros, like they call the cibernético's team, the culeros, and so, you know. It was um, it, it was fun, man. But but no signs. I didn't even think about that. But what
2: about... you know what?
3: There are more of in Mexico that you will never find in America.
1: I... Everybody's Masks. in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the in the crowds, you mean?
3: In both crowds, the the Impact crowd and uh, of course the anniversary show crowd. Masks all over the place. Masks vendors walking up and down the aisles. You know, uh, noise maker vendors up and down the aisles, flashing lights uh, uh, up and down the aisles, little wrestling action figures up and down the aisles. Just, you know, those vendors don't care if they're standing in your way. <laughs> if if they're if their big uh, um, cascade of cotton candy is covering the your entire uh, vantage point of the ring, they do not care, man. <laughs> like, those vendors are there to get their money, man, and. So that, that that's actually like something that like screwed up but like a lot of great pictures. We're just vendors, you know, just picking up their 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 goods and just like just blocking your entire view, you know. Uh, but but it, you're right. There were absolutely no signs but masks all over the place. And like I said, a lot of those masks were good quality. I, I'm kind of a mark for mask ever since I I've met Santo, right? Because like, I have like a really nice Santo, an official LEO del Santo mask, right? And so I bought like a bootleg uh l a park mat, uh mask or maybe la Parca, whoever it was and um and an atlantis mask at arena mexico and I think it was like thirteen bucks twelve or thirteen bucks for both of them well wow. when, when you when you translate uh, maybe fifteen dollars for both
1: you know? that's a good deal what about um yeah so of course, in the um, the CMLL shows and the AAA shows, they always have the, the lines of the women dancing and then the wrestlers make their big entrance. Did Impact decide to copy any of that? No, no, oh. not at all.
3: They, um, at one point, after like towards the end, uh, I guess when that um, main event was happening, that, that Moose tag, Killer Cross tag, and um, maybe when that Lucha Sixth Man that we walked out on there was a guest woman announcer. I don't know who it was. I'm telling you, man, I felt so bad. I really didn't know any of the um, <laughs> the um, Impact wrestlers. Like, I and I, I, like, I like, I guess Johnny Impact was, you know, John Morrison or, you know, Johnny Mundo, right? You know, obviously Austin Aries News. I just didn't know what they were doing. Like, when I heard LAX, I was like, oh, wow, LAX, you know? And then... Eddie Kingston was it? Was it Eddie Kingston? I guess homicides group, forever homicides, hanging out with. He used to be part of LAX, right? Him and Hernandez.
1: Yeah, so it was Santana and Ortiz. Or LAX this time, but yes, Eddie Kingston's been doing uh, uh, shows some and Puerto Rican gimmick, right? Or some yeah, like or and whatever.
3: Conan. Well, I didn't know that, man. I was all pumped up for LAX, so I didn't because I knew Conan <laughs> was doing LAX again, but I didn't know it was like completely different, and I was not impressed with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I don't like the new LAX. I want my old LAX back, you
1: know? Well, you know, if the if the cast of uh, Southwest Champion Wrestling 1983 had showed up instead, I'm sure you would have known each one of them.
3: <laughs> That's absolutely true. You know, that that is absolutely true. But like Eddie Kingston, last time I saw him, he was wrestling Chris Hero like in what, 2007 or something, you know? I mean, come on.
1: So, Eddie, Eddie's a survivor that's for sure he's he's one of those guys who's very late to be making it on the national scene but it's it's kind of cool to be like wow he's still around he's still doing things and to think that yeah, he's not, the kind of guy I, I
3: wanted to see Homicide Wrestle you know I don't think I've ever seen Homicide Wrestle live I may have and if he did he make much of an impression but I wanted to see Homicide Wrestle and he didn't he was just like um, there to cheer on his tag partner in some
1: squash match so I was kind of disappointed there I wanna say at the ROH debut show, Homicide would have wrestled there. Uh let's see here. Let me see on this here.
3: Uh, uh,
1: yeah, it was it was part of the oh, this was an interesting one. Uh I did not remember that this was the uh the match. Uh so this was the natural right? Eh? No. Well, no, no. So the Christopher Street connection that time was Buffy and Mace. Uh, with Alice in Danger, and then and then you know, they
3: the hit, the was it the Hit Squad that destroyed them there I think that. Her w-
1: her well, no the the Hit Squad was Mafia and Monster Mac at that time. Uh, no, well,
3: so- what I'm saying is that they fought the Christopher Street Connection. I think then Homicide and his partner uh, fought against like the bald guys, right?
1: Yeah, it was a weird time. But uh, that was, yes, yes, he was on that show, so I did see him. They apparently wrestled the Boogie Knights, Mike Tobin and Danny Drake, who I have no memory oh, Christ, of. I don't even remember them, man. Yeah, they, they don't seem like they uh, made a big impact on people. And then Prince Nana defeated Towel Boys on here, too, which is another one of those that is like... Uh... I forgot sometimes. that moment it happened, but that happens sometimes. But uh, uh let's let I mean not that at all. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk more about the CMLL show. So you got to go to the 85th anniversary, and of course, uh, leading up to this, there was all sorts of kind of hope and rumors that maybe it was going to be what is it, Russian L uh, A Park, and maybe a hair versus hair match or something like that. But hair versus mask. But that was that a mask. That's right. Yeah, it did not end up happening, which was all right, because there was other stuff done, and and we still did get L.A. Park in a fantastic outfit, uh, round as ever, and killing himself. Uh, oh, amazing. So uh, first, I just want to turn this for a second over to Brandon. Uh, Brandon, you made a good faith effort to watch this show, and can you just tell our listeners what happened when that when you tried to watch the show?
2: Well, I, I, I read this preview that you linked, uh, and I think you tweeted it out too from this uh, this Tumblr blog. And I read you know what all the matches were, and they talk about how you can you can watch it on pay per view, this internet TV, or you can of course watch it on Ring of Honor Club. So I, I looked at the internet TV price, and, and here I see this poster that says one hundred dollars Mexican or one hundred pesos, right? I'm like, all right, I'll I, that can, I look it up on Google or whatever. Okay, that converts to like five dollars American. Well, that sounds like a good deal. So like an hour before the show is hold I, on,
3: I'm going to interrupt you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I have to because you just brought it up and it's fresh in my mind. The fact that a hundred pesos is five dollars, it, it it freaks you out. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't want to give up this hundred dollar bill. <laughs> it's <like five> <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, you're like, no, I can't give up this hundred. But then after a while, you're throwing around 100 you know, to everybody. Hey, let me take a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. That's all I just saying, it, man. I'm saying. I think I of it, it, it as
2: like room. pennies, right? But, but so so I go to this right. uh, internet.tv, TV, and uh, you know, I I get ready to go pay for it. And I, I'm kind of confused because it doesn't really say pesos. But it says 100, and it's, it's got, like, the, the dollar sign. But, you know, I, so I, I start to check out, and it says $100 USD. I was like, oh, that's uh, is it really going to charge me that? Is that some sort of confusion? Of course, this this website is in Spanish, so I'm not totally sure what's going on. But I proceed to the checkout, and it gets me to, like, the, the PayPal page, and then I see $100 USD. Like, wow, yep, yeah, it's really going to charge me $100. So. so needless to say, I was sold a Ring of Honor Club, subscription at that point but i i i I, so that's what i signed up for i i I, i'm I'm now a ring of honor subscriber for the moment but uh i heard that others uh (laughs) did not have a similar experience that maybe there's some sort of glitch if you refresh the page or close out your your web browser uh and i did see it for myself later that it it was charging ten dollars usd so so the same same prices what what a
3: convenient what a convenient glitch for them huh
1: Well, I was going to say our new patron strategy is that we're going to charge 100 Mexican pesos for 11 months of the year. But one month of the year, it will be 100 U.S. dollars, and uh, we're pretty (laughs) sure it will work. Just tricking them. Uh, So that was Brandon's experience. And then, Brandon, did you actually watch some of the show, or did you just sign up and then you kind of fell asleep? No, I watched the whole thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Okay, yeah. great. So, so as we go through the okay, show, okay, I'm
4: excited
3: now. I'm excited because I want to know. I haven't talked to anybody who actually watch. I mean, I texted with a few people, but I haven't actually talked to somebody heard somebody's voice on how the how the how the show came across on TV or the computer or whatever. So, I'm really interested in what you thought once we start talking about the matches,
1: Brandon. And so let's let's talk a little bit about it. So, uh, this is your opportunity. To go to the CML anniversary show, and it's not just that you're going to go to Arena Mexico, uh, the Cathedral of Mexican Wrestling. Uh, what was your take on it? Is it one of these things where you know the the it's like the sportatorium where it's got this this hollowed uh, uh, reputation, and then you go to it and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that people think this place is great. It is disgusting in here. Or was it beautiful? <laughs> was it wonderful? Was it breaking at the seams? What was your impression of the arena?
3: It's all of the above, man. Check this out. So when we we're driving there, right, and we're going through these narrow streets, and you know, when I hear arena, I'm thinking big parking lots, <laughs> you know, people waving you in so they can charge you twenty dollars parking, you know, and thinking like arenas like that you have here in the states, you know. And I guess maybe if if you've been to like Memphis or or D.C., you know, the arena's right there downtown, right? Okay? Yeah. But, um, you know, but like like in Dallas or uh, San Antonio, like the, the arena is like you, you get way through and, and get charged exorbitant amounts of money for parking. So, we're there, and we're just in this crowded sidewalk, and you start seeing more and more lucha stuff as you're driving. And, and the driver just parks right there in the middle of the street and says, arena, you know, arena. You know? <laughs> And like, where, (laughs) where? (laughs) Like, all you see are like dilapidated buildings around you, and then you look and you're like, oh wow, this dilapidated building is Arena Mexico, and there's like an Arena Mexico sign pointing to this apricot-colored building, and then you're thinking, man, that is the ugliest building I've ever seen, (laughs) and and you're kind of like, oh, that's Arena Mexico, right? Like, it's not. (laughs) You you just don't look at it as like this world-class arena you know you couldn't tell it was an arena i i I was like i was shocked but then you start walking and and the sidewalks are so narrow you could probably fit four or five people you know able to walk you know side by side on the sidewalk all the sidewalks are super narrow And, and then you have all these booths and food vendors crowding and so it's like it has that very um uh, like a, like an old bazaar or, or
1: like uh, a, street a, a, tiny, a street
3: fair, a street fair, tiny flea market. And you have booths and booths and booths of masks, bootleg DVDs, um, action figures, noise makers, candy. Uh, you have the, like, uh, people like a uh, grilling corn, you know, like I don't know if you've ever had roasted corn, like with the butter mm-hmm. on it, you know,
1: um, it so bootleg awesome. DVD there was bootleg DVD vendors there. Did you um did you give them a oh you know, hug I, you know I spent a few minutes you... there.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I spent, I spent a minute or two there, and by a minute or two I mean like thirty minutes, but but whatever. So, <laughs> um, but but seriously, no, um, I was looking for rare stuff, and um, our, our good friend Chris Vellner, who who we worked on the DVD VR project with. I was sending him pictures of match lists on the back of these bootlegs saying, hey, do we have <laughs> these matches? Do we need anything? <laughs> you know? So, like, there's a wrestler who's on our DVD our Lucha set, Mocha Coda, right? And the guy has, like eight fingers? Like, he's missing a couple of his fingers, and he's, like, this great heel from the 80s. And I'm like, Chris, do we need any more Mocha Coda? Come on, please tell me there's something rare on here. And he's like, just get it in case. <laughs> you know, so it's like... Nice. <laughs> and, so, like, I got that, and then we have, like, a championship uh, DVD, you know, and so, like, I haven't watched them or whatever, but it was just like, we got to pick this up in case, and so my, my, my friend in Mexico, I told him, I was like, look, we're going to start sending uh, match titles to you, you know, eventually, and we're, you know, you just come here, because this guy goes to Arena Mexico every other weekend, you know, he lives five minutes away from it, nice. and... I was like, we're gonna we're gonna send you here to check on Matthews. He's like, yes, yes, of course. And so, you know, no, I, I spent a few there minutes there, but like I tried to take pictures because I was just like, man, this is the coolest thing, right? You know, it's culture. It's you know, it's in your face. It's it's exciting. And everybody, no photo, no photo, no photos. You know? Oh. Because <laughs> they went, you know, but all I wanted to do was take pictures of like the masks, and, like the rows of masks and the the action figures, and I did get. uh like uh, a quick picture of some action figures. And someone's, no photo, no photo. And I'm like, um, no, Daniel, no, Daniel. And I just kept walking away. It
1: <laughs> must have thought you were with the uh, government or something trying to. to yeah, yeah well, thing.
3: you know, I mean, but, but the, dude, and this is the thing about Mexico, it's like nobody cares, man. <laughs> you
1: know,
3: like, I mean, come on. I mean, there were cops and, like, uh, security officers all around that place. Nobody cared, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't but they, they were adamant, no photo, you know, and so I was really um, shocked by that. But there was some cool stuff, man. I, if I had a lot more disposable income to blow on this stuff, I would have come back with so much junk, you know. And I was just like, no, I got my, I got my Leparca mask. I got my Atlantis mask. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good.
1: And um, were, were uh, you, were so, you approached by people ever? Because you, I'm sure you and oh, your, your friend. Uh, kind of stood out in the crowd. Did you see other, uh, you know, pure Caucasian American looking people that were wandering around? Or were you one of the very, 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 very few?
3: Uh, Actually, you know what? I thought there would be a lot more. And there weren't. Um, I saw, let's see. uh, I know they were Americans. I didn't didn't go up and talk to them or anything, but I know they're Americans. They're standing at the will call window in front of us, about two or three people in front of us at the impact taking. And it was Uh, like two white guys and a black guy. And and I knew they're Americans. I'm like, okay, they're here for the anniversary show. Right. Unless they're like super TNA fans making it down for TNA, <laughs> which would have been a complete waste, but whatever.
1: They'd be more like, um, they'd be like Jeff Jarrett creditors or something still looking for him. Yeah.
3: Right. And so, but when I was in arena, Mexico, man, like I was, no, I did not see that many, like, uh, uh, letos, you know, not, not that many white people, you know, I was really shocked. I thought there'd be more. And, uh, You know, because I I turned to my Mexican friend, my friend Ricardo, and I was like, dude, I mean, you know, there are a lot of white people. I don't see white people. He's like, no, they're here. They're here. You know, he's like, there's always tourists that come and watch the Lucha. I guess they do tours. He, He told me this. They do tours of the city, like bus tours. And every week, except this week because it was the anniversary show, but every week they'll have a random CMLL wrestler doing the tours on the bus.
1: I've heard about these where, like, some of the local, like, hotels have set it up so that they'll yes. they'll basically be, like, part of your experience as you get to go to a local show, and it's a great way to then just sell tickets. And then they were saying how, how like, for the, the wrestlers, it's even easy because all they have to do is the stuff, and they don't have, you, you know, it's not the same crowd as always in, in some ways. So they, or, or,
3: right, and sometimes sometimes they show that they end up at is the the taping for the CMLL show but the, the, the tour will end at Arena Mexico and everybody gets off and goes and watches Lucha,
4: you know.
1: Wow. I, I keep thinking so that you, that would be one way to do it and really enjoy it, but now that I know somebody who's actually, you know, taken the Uber and just done it themselves to see whether or not it's it's navigatable for someone who doesn't speak much Spanish.
3: No, no, no you can survive, man. You can survive, you know. Um, worst, thing, worst case scenario, especially if you want to know how much something costs, you know, because they understand how much, right? And I know it's, man, I forgotten what it is in Spanish, but something uh, queso, but whatever. Qu- um,
2: quanto, quanto, I think?
3: Something, but, but there's a second word like that. Yeah. It's not queso, it's queso or questo or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. People
1: are screaming oh <laughs> at their phones right now in Spanish, and we are receiving I know some terrible iTunes reviews. I'm not yeah. being either, man. I'm just in, in espanol,
2: yeah. but uh, yeah. that's okay. Quanto, cuesta, yeah. Cuesta, there you go. Yeah. See, uh,
3: so so I, so I was not being racist, right? I was legitimately trying to figure out what word that were. Okay. <laughs> so so, so in sh- worst case scenario, if you wanted to know how much something costs, you just pull out your phone and let them type in the cost. That makes sense. And they were happy to
1: do that. Tell me, tell me about uh, where you're sitting for this show. Then you you mentioned kind of a, oh, okay. Let,
3: let, let, let's let's get into the arena first, right? Because we're still we're walking around the streets and we're. Soaking in this atmosphere and looking at all the boots and all the bootlegs and all this merchandise that you know is probably made in someone's you know living room or whatever, right? And you go and you're like, well, where's the entrance to the arena? The guy we were meeting there who, who bought our tickets, he's like, meet it, meet me at the in, in the front of the arena. It's just a bill. it's just an apricot building, Chris. <laughs> there is no front of the arena, right? <laughs> and then you look. And like these like metal garage doors open, right? And all of a sudden you see like these lines of uh, like um, metal detectors and, and, uh, you know, people with scanners and and, uh, officers and security guards. And you're like, is that the entrance? And it is like you open up these metal (laughs) garage doors and all of a sudden there's the entrance to Mexico, you know? And for this place, where you think, oh, my God, they're just letting everything go. It's it's just like this, you know, free-for-all. Man, there were about four levels of security you had to get through before you could actually walk into the arena. Oh. You know, you had to go through the metal detector, the, the police scanner. Uh, someone had to check your ticket. Then before they let you go actually into the arena from the, you know, the foyers um, or whatever, then they had to check your ticket there. And then they would hand the ticket off to, like, these these people, like, they were, like, in blue vests, white shirts. And then they would escort you to your seat, mm. you know.
1: And, yeah, and you had physical the tickets then. This wasn't just on your phone. Yeah.
3: Though. Oh, yeah. I, got, I have a physical ticket, man. And, you know, I thought, you know, I, I thought when uh, my buddy showed me the Arena Mexico layout and he shows tickets, I thought we were going to be, like, on the second level. Right? Okay. And we weren't, man. We were 10th row. But the seats immediately start rising. It's not like you have, like, six rows on the floor and then they rise. No, they just, like, start rising immediately. Oh, Oh, 10th row. And it was, like, right there. I mean, you walk 10 feet and you're up against the the, the railing. Oh, my goodness. It It was just amazing. And when you're in this place, okay, first thing you notice when they start in the halls and then the foyers is these murals of luchadors. Right. And they're inside the the actual arena and then they're outside, you know, where the vendors and everything are at. And so you, you could walk around just looking at the murals, you know, and then you're going to see blue demon and Santo and, you know, uh, and all those guys, right. Okay. On these murals. And then, you look up and I, the best way to describe it is like the mezzanine area, whatever the second level is, you know, from this, these first 20 rows or whatever, they're caged. <laughs> and you're like, why is there a cage in that level? <laughs> you know, like it, it's like this caged level, like you're not allowed to like look, uh, you know, look past the cage or, or something. I don't know. It was so weird. I was like, is, I was like, is that to keep all the poor people out, Ricardo? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Not know, like
1: I was like, wow you know, you know I used to know a guy that would play um he played European basketball and he played in, in South America a little bit. And he was telling me that one thing that they would do is after the games, they would the refs had a cage that they could run to and get themselves locked up in so that the fans couldn't charge <laughs> after them. I think it was also true for like Brazilian soccer. And so they're saying that the cages were actually to keep them in safe rather than to to keep everyone else out.
3: (laughs) I don't know what to do with that. it just is so weird to me to see these cages, right? But, okay, so then you have the balcony, right? So there's kind of like a three-level arena, right? And the balcony, it was weird because I was looking because, like, when, when the show first started and it was like 15 minutes until bell time and you're looking like, Man, they're they're really pissed LA Park versus Rush didn't happen because it was hardly full. And then as like, you know, over the next thirty, forty five minutes, you just start seeing the sections fill up one by one. Now imagine you're looking at the screen where the stage is at. Like you're looking at your computer screen, you're watching the stage, you're watching the dancers, right? Now, up on your right hand corner, okay, That's where the entrance is to the balcony. And and I was shocked. He told me there's only one entrance to the balcony. And it's kind of a general admission bleacher area, this whole upper deck, right? And so you do. You see them start to fill up on one side. And then they just slowly start filling up the sections. And then I would say by the second or third match, there were only like, I would say, three sections that were empty and that would be if you're looking at the screen and you're looking at the stage and the dancers and the fire and the everything if you looked up to what would be northwest look like those last three sections right past the the screen were empty for the show but the rest of the, the arena was completely filled
1: now brandon did the show start on time or was there a while where you're just kind of waiting for things to happen
2: No, I think it started right on time. Uh, 9.30 Eastern was the start time here. I think 8.30 local time. And I turned it on a a few minutes before 9.30. And there was, I don't know, whatever was happening, like there was a bunch of music and lights at the beginning, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, It was on time, I think.
3: No, man, it was 8.35 in the arena, man. And the first match was uh, being introduced. The people were walking out. So it was right there, like clockwork. So... So uh,
1: it was a uh, a six match card. Uh, five of the matches were six person tags, and then of course mm-hmm. the the main event was the the hair versus hair best two out of three falls tag team match. Uh, what what were some of the highlights for you in terms of uh, a guy who's you know not necessarily watching a ton of lucha today, but watched. You know, a fair amount of lucha, especially from the 80s, some in the 90s, and uh, some maybe even the early 2000s and whatnot. What were what were some people that were really exciting for you to see in, in person? Man, I,
3: I've, seen it, I've seen a ton of lucha, but i got to bring up one more thing before I get into that. Since I was able to, like, basically run up to the ring, because I took a lot of pictures, like, right by ringside, you know. First of all, the CMLL announcer booth is a big metal can. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it literally <laughs> is this big aluminum box. <laughs> I have no idea why they do it that way, but that's what it is. And the first two rows on the hard camera side are leather seats with uh, drink holders. Hmm. And every other seat in that bottom area are these super old orange plastic seats that if you shake the too hard or, or if you jump up and down in your chair, you will feel them come out of the wooden floor below you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the first two rows, hard camera side, are like these super nice leather seats.
1: Well, maybe Saudi Arabia's couches are on their way soon. Yeah, uh,
3: my buddy, my buddy Johnny joked that uh, those the, the leather seats are made from the skin of all the, the wrestlers who have bled and <laughs> left their flesh in the ring. Yeah, you know? so, but, uh, but all, all anyway, pure Highlights, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I've been to so many wrestling shows and I've, I've been to WrestleManias. This might be the best show I've ever attended live. I haven't seen it on video. You know, I'm sure there were spots that were missed, things that looked awkward. But in terms of atmosphere, uh, marking out for wrestlers that I love. Um, for the intensity of the crowd, the excitement from the crowd, the noise from the crowd, plus like this daredevil death-defying action from top to bottom, from start to finish, this might be the best show I have ever attended live. And that's not hyperbole. Not hyperbole, man. I mean, it was just like, it opens up with this six women uh, uh, tag match, right? And I don't know who any of these ladies are. I did look, I was going to do a bunch of research, and I did find out that one of them um, is Negro Costas' wife, okay? And she's like 10 or 12 years younger. That's neither here nor there. just going to throw that in. And then there's this, like, really sexy wrestler. I don't know if that's sexist or not. I don't care. But her name's Reina Isis or Reina Isis or whatever she is. And she was awesome. And I loved <laughs> watching her. And that was a super fun match. And so, like, I was really shocked. I thought, man, you know, if this women's revolution thing is happening in WWE, well, guess what? It's happening in Mexico, too. And and something I wanted to add is I guess they had a, um, was it a hair versus hair, mask versus mask match between some uh, women last year at Arena Mexico at their anniversary show last year. And my buddy was telling me that a lot of people felt that that women's match last year should have been the main event of last year's anniversary show. So it's not something that's just happening in the U.S. That um, there's a lot of uh, support for it in Mexico as well. And these I women were all great. man. they did really well. I was, I enjoyed every bit of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to say her name, but it it, it was a Zuxis versus Princess uh, Suchit or or such. She was also, I think she did a um, a May Young Classic appearance last year, and then she was in the six man this time. Okay. Uh, six woman uh match but yeah that's so it was but it was a really it was a strong strong opener Brandon, did you did you think it was a strong opener for the women's match
2: yeah, I, I mean the, the matches I had on I didn't didn't pay full attention I was running around doing other things but it, it seemed okay yeah okay.
3: did you cool. pay attention to Raina Isis there the the ones who had she had like her face covered trying I to be t- like that Egyptian gimmick
2: I know who you're talking about yes
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, she's hot man she's hot you can't, you can't deny. here tonight. <laughs> And so, yeah. so then if we're going to talk wrestlers, each match, each match just had, except for the main event, actually, for for me anyway, had like that one legend that you're just going to go nuts for no matter what, right? And so yeah.
1: the second match. Had well, let coffee. me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can guess. So the second match, okay. I have to think you're going to mark out now the there's two amazing. Well, there's three great wrestlers on this side you you have negro casas el felino and and mephisto there uh and felino sure. is fascinating because felino someone pointed out uh is soon coming up it's something like he hasn't missed a month of wrestling since 1993 or something someone Amazing. was saying like he's he's, he's a machine. Negro
3: brother as well
1: and then you have negro casas and i just have to think it's negro casas just because I, he is he he's 58 years old and i i really don't know if there's an american japanese european anyone in the world who is as good of a worker at 58 as he is right now still probably
3: never in history and i mean that since they're, and they're probably the one that comes closest is probably there' like terry funk right didn't he tell he was like 70 or something
1: yeah let's see what year would like, terry funk have been at that age so terry funk was born know. in 44 so that'd be 2002 And he was, I mean, even by 2002, he was, he was was still pretty amazing. But he was running down then. He, he, that was still a little bit. And he
3: was doing a lot of shtick and garbage matches too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And and so, yeah, it was absolutely Negro Casas. And uh, so, let's guess all of them, and then we'll go back to to Negro because we have to talk about Negro. All right. So, on the next match, match?
1: well, I was going to say the next match, it's got to be. You got Atlantis, you got Mystico, and you got El Z- Zabarano. And I know that's not the real Mystico, so I got to go with a- Atlantis for that one, clearly. Um, Correct. And then, and uh, the not, ne- and by by no means the best guy in that match, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, then the next one, I know how much you love Charlie Rockstar, but uh, I got to believe you're <laughs> you're marking out more to see El, uh, Ultimo Guerrero. That's and
2: right. Then,
1: and then clearly, uh, L.A. Park uh, in the incredible Predator outfit that he had on. Uh, yes, you're never going to beat that. And then in the main event, that's a toss-up because uh, I know how I big know, of a no, man. No, no, no.
3: There was nobody. There was nobody I would consider a favorite going in for me.
1: Yeah, in the main like, event, there are no
3: there, legends in that main event for
1: me. Yeah, I, I know how how how. M- much you love the kingdom of Matt Taven, but uh, I would guess Bar uh, uh, Cavanario, just because Cavanario is an insane man on his knees, and he's got such a great stick. While Rush is great, and he's a really good wrestler, uh, seeing just the caveman is just incredible because he has no regard whatsoever for his knees when he does those dives. No, no,
3: no, 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 no regard for his life. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, going in there, I did, I like, I was. Not excited about that main event going in. You know, I wanted Rush versus L.A. Park just like everybody else, right? right but but you know they right on the head. Every match had kind of that legend. The thing I was disappointed in because he's running out of time, man, no Blue Panther on this show. I was so sad, you know, because I don't ever know if I'll ever get a chance to see Blue Panther in action. You know, yeah, I was uh, so that... sad about that. But... So uh,
1: going back, what was the crowd's response to seeing Negro Casas? Oh my God!
3: I mean, have y'all ever seen like John Cena live? Just like how the crowd comes alive <laughs> in a rough. Yes. Now multiply that by four, <laughs> because John Cena is usually, unless it's a pay per view, you know, uh, TV taping, he's doing what four or five thousand people, you know, six thousand, you know, makes you put twelve, fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand, whatever is in this thing. Oh my God this crowd loves Negro Casas, Negro, Negro. And the noisemakers and the horns and just, they love this guy. And just, let's get this out of the way right now. This is a Rudo crowd. They love the Rudos. <laughs> Do the Technicos from match one all the way to the end. They love the Rudos, except for one exception. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Negro Casas might be the most over-wrestler I've ever seen in any arena ever. And I mean, really? that's just years and years of watching wrestling. It was just so... I've seen Hulk Hogan. I've seen Ric Flair. I've seen Taker, Sean Michaels. I've seen them all often. I've seen Austin at his peak, you know? And this was just insane. And, and there's never been a wrestler over 50 to ever get this reaction.
1: All right. You I'm know? calling it now. All in three. Mexico City. It's... Uh... The the young bucks and John Cena versus Negro Casas and his team of of uh, all all his all his family members uh, just it's just yes. the Casas clan all comes at him yeah you about know,
3: Negro Casas his wife and his brother Escalino man that's good yeah. okay. otherwise
1: you end up with heavy yeah. metal but uh...
3: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah heavy metal is
3: the other brother right yeah you're right yeah. okay and so so anyway that was a fun match but it was all about Negro Casas. You know, and, and I'm I'm sorry, man, these Mexicans were looking at me like I was losing my mind. Like, why is this guy going and saying, Man, I marked out so much like I was a twelve year old kid seeing like uh, <laughs> you know, Hulk Hogan or the Road Warriors for the first time, man. I was so excited to see Metro Costas. I was just losing it for this guy. Anyway, he was on point, he was charismatic, the crowd just like you know, we we're, we're just like putty in his hands, man, whatever he wanted them to feel, they felt, it was just amazing, it was like, one of the most amazing, things I felt, at a wrestling show, like where just 15,000 people, are in unison, man, girl, man, girl, you know, (laughs) and those poor, technicos, man, like they couldn't, they just, you know, they turned heel, or they were heel in that match, so they just embraced it, you know, but, he was so, it was such a great feeling, then the next match, which was the Atlantis, Mystico, and El Soberano, versus, uh, La Sangre Dinamita. Um, let, let me ask you, Brandon, did you notice that that heel team of uh, La Sangre Dinamita, against Atlantis, Mystico, and Soberana, that they are a pretty amazing trios team? And I was shocked. that I, I, I have no idea who any of these guys are, but they yeah. work so well as a team.
2: Yeah, I had not heard and of them either.
3: Just, they're, they're, and 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 they're all
1: uh you know they're they're all related to Sincarus. It's uh Sincarus's yes. two sons and then uh his nephew. Right. Wow. And so
3: That's... not not not
1: not Sincar. they Sorry. not Sincarus, Cencarus. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. We said Sincarus like dude, the guy's not that
3: old. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but there was after the second fall uh two of them did this insane dive off of the the top of the stage onto uh um the uh uh did you you see that
1: i did actually i was so this morning i wanted to see some highlights from this so i went on youtube and i went to the cmll uh youtube page and they actually had highlights from each of the matches uh playing and so i did see that one dive and i thought oh my god that looked crazy It
3: was new Jack level and it was just, oh my, yeah. And then they still wrestled after that. It was, it was so good. and I'll tell you this, man, the, that crowd absolutely hated this new, this new Mystico. And I think, I think my buddy said, and, and I didn't look up on Wikipedia and make sure this is right, that it's like Russia's brother or something. Yes. That's under there, that mask. So, you know, in Atlantis, God bless him. He's a legend. He's been in so many great matches, the match of the year's. His knees, he had, he had injured his knees last year. So he's like slow. He is not the Atlantis we know and love. But they really worked this in a smart style because instead of him trying to run and keep up with these young guys, they would all just run to him and feed him. So he could do his like, backbreakers and his torch for rack and all of his moves. And so they really hit his weaknesses well in this match as well.
1: 55 so I really years wanted to old. Point
3: that out. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like I got his mask. I was able to see him, and the crowd kind of wanted to treat him like a legend, but he's teaming with Mystico, and fuck that guy. Nobody wants to cheer for him. <laughs> you,
1: know? so, you could so, put Dragon you know, Lee, Rush, and Mystico on a team, and they'll still boo the whole team. Now, oh.
3: yeah, that's hey, sorry, sorry, Atlantis. You're a legend. We love you. You get to cheer, except we hate your teammate. You know, so they're out. That's so. That's... But 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 everybody check out La Sangre Dinamita. A great. Six man uh, team, a uh, trios. Excuse me. Awesome team. I love, love them. I want to see more of these guys.
1: You know, um, and that's that's network. always the sign of a good good wrestling show. Is that when you walk away and you're like, man, I want to watch more videos of these guys or those guys because it, it's fun yeah. even at, at at your advanced age, Will, to still be discovering wrestling and be loving it. Love it, love it. Um, the
3: only time the crowd cheered for the Technico or a good guy, this whole show was on the next match was the ultimate Guerrero match, the Guerreros versus uh, clan chaos, which is Cibernético's team. And my buddy was telling me that it's like all these old triple A guys, you know, who used to like be big with triple A in the late nineties and early thousands when nobody was watching it and that they all sucked. And I'll be honest with you, man, I really wasn't paying attention to the match. I was I was crowd watching. I was just looking at the crowd, soaking in the atmosphere, and looking at vendors, you know, blocking views, and you know, and, and just like looking at these these kids put on their masks, and, and that was kind of like my chance to just soak in Arena Mexico and just
1: yeah. So the- so you, so you have but- cyber you have you have Cybernetico, who's now cyber the main man. You have the Chris. Yeah. Who what used to be El Zorro, and uh, even made a couple appearances in WWF way back in the day as as uh, Jesus Crystal Ball, um, and then uh, Charlie Rockstar, AKA Charlie Manson from AAA, who, from who actually
3: Long. had just gotten
1: out of prison. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago. Oh no, you're right. He's he's right. had a yeah. He got a, out of prison in 2015 after he attacked some police officers in 2013. Um, yeah. So he, Him and Nick Gage are ready to to team up pretty soon. So that will be intense, right? But, uh, and
4: and
3: and, and I, I have nothing to say about this match except that Ultimo Guerrero was the only Technico cheered all night long. <laughs> he was the only one, you know, um, and that's just because they hated this clan chaos team. They, they they and they sucked, man. I didn't I didn't enjoy them at all.
1: Well, um, and you have to you have to imagine, you know, when it's a a WrestleMania type show for your company. And then yep. imagine they got Justin Credible in there. And he's, you know, it, it's not your guy. It's not your promotion. It's not your history. And you're just like, no, nah, sure. I don't need this. Uh, Ultimo Pereiro 46. Justin
3: just Credible, almost like Buff Badwell, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, Buff. I'm just trying to think of like someone who's like the, the epitome of of someone else's company. And they're in there and you're just like, ah, this isn't really for us. Uh, so you have Ultimo. Yeah. He's, he's 46. Uh, still going mm. strong here. Um, pretty, pretty cool to see him wrestling. Uh, I imagine. Yeah. Um, the, the match that stole the show, just,
3: it was amazing. Just watching it live was the, the six man tag with LA park. It was, uh, LA park, Elio de LA park, which is his son. And then Caristico, who was the original Mystico who was Sin Cara and WWE. Yeah. Okay. So you had L.A. Park in the uh, in Mystic or the original Mystico you know, on the same team against the Lucha Brothers of you know of Phoenix and P- Penta on this show, and then uh, they had another partner who was clearly the weak link in this match, uh, Diamante Azul. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say young comments. guy, but <laughs> he's thirty-five, so actually he's probably uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> if he is the youngest guy in the match. No, Phoenix is no, only I- twenty-seven, and Penta. Is only 33. So I guess he's actually the oldest guy in on his team, though, of yeah, course. Yeah, and
3: Mystico can't even be that. And Elijo de, de, uh, yeah, La he's
1: Parks 35 already. There. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay,
3: okay. So, but it's still.
1: La, La it's three, at least three of them are younger than him. Yeah. I mean, La yeah. son is only 29. And then, of course, L.A. Park uh, himself is, is the age of the universe, being a skeleton man, but uh, 52 yeah. in Earth years. Um, no, and, and amazing. And this is what shocked me, because when he came out, like I said,
3: Negro, Negro, Otimo, Otimo, Atlantis, Atlantis, right? Like, just throughout the arena, when these these legends came out. L.A. Park, tepid response coming out, man. Really? And Uh I I turned to my yes, yes. There was not a lot of reaction to him coming out. And he had a super cool entrance with that Predator mask and everything dude they they were they were kind of giving him the cold shoulder and and i turned my buddy i was like dude l.a park's been like selling this arena out and like you know he's kind of like reinvented the business here for this company why are they and he's like no they're still mad at him man they're mad at him for not doing the the main event everybody wanted you know the rush l.a park match
1: so brandon what you were listening to was was this in Spanish or was there English
2: commentators? Only Spanish, as far as I know.
1: And did you, uh, being new media Brandon, who who keeps up with movies, uh, uh, know who the Predator was? Did you recognize
2: LA Park? LA Park was dressed up as the Predator.
1: <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Brandon's known. Is that for not his, the Predator? His... It was a predator. Wasn't it was it? the predator. I saw the video. It was fantastic. At, at some and point, I thought, I,
2: thought I saw Alien, but then I said, "You know what? That's Predator." Is that what I was watching? Was that was that from the CML show? Okay.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, but in uh, LA Park was he as round as he looked in his black outfit?
3: Yes, yes, he's so round, man. And he's so, you
1: know, and, and you know, and his son is kind of skinny. Yeah, I was gonna say El Helio. Uh, Bar- uh, D.L.A. Park looked like he was, like, you know, the the miniature version, like a Shrinky Dink or something. Uh, <laughs> hey,
3: man, I forgot to mention they had that little uh, monkey midget there at the show. Oh. Doing, uh, during the Guerrero's match.
1: Is that Monito? Is that his name?
3: Yes, yes. Monique. Monique yeah, man.
1: And they oh, were selling all
3: it? kinds of can dolls of that it? guy, too, man. Oh, so. I didn't buy one. I'm sorry. I didn't get you one, Chris, but no, he was there. He was Uh, representing man.
1: 51 years old.
3: Yeah, no, it was awesome. But, uh, but this match at first, I mean, it was fun, but not blow away. Great. Right. A lot Mm -hmm. of brawling. Uh, I I mentioned this, um, over at pro wrestling only some of the nastiest, sickest belt shots you have ever heard in a, Mm. match. like, why those belt shots ring out like gunshots, man. They were so sick. It was just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe he is attacking them with that thing. <laughs> you no, know, it was. It was but then once they started going into the big dives and the wild and the and the, the false finishes, this thing just blew up. It just turned into this, like, amazingly insane live experience. Now- so much so. Oh, when, said, what
1: gonna say? when when I think of Mexico, I think of it as one of the places where blood has not really gone by the wayside nearly as much as it has in the U.S., as it has in Japan. Oh, and so oh, was, was there any blood on this show? No, <laughs> I'm a vampire, man. I love blood.
3: And there was a point where L.A. Park and Pentagon were facing off. And I turned to my buddy and I was like, this demands blood. I've seen both of these guys bleed buckets. Why am I not getting blood right now, <laughs> you know? but I thought they were going to save it for the main event. Okay, we'll save it for the main event. No, there was no blood. But it demanded blood that it didn't matter because this match live blew the crowd away so much. Wasn't this okay, the match that, that
1: had, had uh, one Lucha brother up on the ring post and the other one gives him a Rana onto the other guys? Yes. Yes.
3: And that brought the house down. They just kept bringing the house down. Parka hits this huge dive that brought the house down. They were they were going into the crowd, these nasty crowd shots. It was it was just mayhem, man. And it was just like you couldn't keep up. Like, there's so much action going on and so much drama. And and remember I told you that. L.A. Park came out to this very tepid response, right? Yeah. By the end of this match, at the finish, the crowd is throwing money in the ring. I've never witnessed that in all of my years of watching wrestling. I've never seen a crowd throw money in the ring. And they were, they were just shooting that money into the ring. They were just helping these guys with this money, you know, and all six guys. And then I asked my friend, I was like, who are the Rudos? Who are the technicals? He's like, they're just all out there. (laughs) You know, like, like, you can call both teams Rudos, but like they both get cheered and, he was like, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he lives there. And so they did. They they did like a a big uh, bow at the end, you know, like where all six guys are raising each other's arms to a standing ovation. I got pictures of the standing ovation, man. And then the the huge chant of Esto es lucha, you know.
1: So, uh, so one, was, one thing, was amazing. One thing I've heard uh, Dave Meltzer talk about before is the idea that WWE is a big believer in the buffer match, and the, you know after you have the hot match, you gotta cool them down again, or you gotta put something else in between. And other promotions are just. Mookie. Yes. You cut out. Continue. Oh, uh, we we lost you for a minute there, man. So we oh. need to start over. You start your thing. So bu- the my match. question. W- Buffer match, yeah, that, that you're trying to let the crowd relax and then you're trying to bring them back up again uh, versus many other promotions in other countries of the world just crescendo the whole show from start to finish and it's just you got to keep out doing the the one before you. And so did you get a feeling that the show was structured as just every match was supposed to be bigger than the one before?
3: I didn't really get that it was supposed to be bigger than the one before. I mean, I guess you could look at it, but I mean, if you're going to do that, why are you going to put Negro Costas in your second match of the night? You know, when he got, like, by far the hugest reaction.
1: Now, you you were talking about the legends, though. And what I I also find interesting is Negro Casas lost, Atlantis' team lost, Ultimo Guerrero's team lost, uh, L.A. Park's team lost, though he did not take the pinfall. I watched watched the end of that match, and it was pretty clear he was not going to job out there. Um,
3: No, no, no way.
1: But it was just – I just thought that was interesting. Do you also think – Did that feel at all strange to you? That it was like, wow, all of the legends ended up on the losing end here. Just no one really cared.
3: Not at all. Um, Well, because, okay, so so I'm looking at it from a Rudo versus Technico vibe, right? So if you look at it from the first match, the Rudos won. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I think the Rudos won. Shit, maybe they didn't.
1: Uh, uh, Reina, Reina Isis was on the losing team, if that helps you.
3: No, okay. The the, the 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 Rudos lost. My bad. All right. Then the Rudos lost the second match, the Negro Casas match. But then the the Rudos won the next two matches, right? And then you had this match where it's they're not really Rudos or Technicos. And then they had the main event. So I think it was just. I don't think they were looking at legends as far as they were looking more like Rudo Technico. You know what I mean? Sometimes the good guys are going to win, sometimes the bad guys are going to win, or, or whoever. But this is a Rudo crowd. <laughs> and so, But I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that until you said it. That's pretty interesting, you know. And uh,
1: what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, I'll tweet out a link uh, when the, the show goes up where on the CMLL page, for those who haven't seen it, there's a, a link to the highlights package from this match. And uh, it definitely okay. was, it, it plays well in highlight form, and I imagine it played well in full form, too. Yeah, and I have pictures of all this stuff I'm talking about,
3: too. I mean, a lot of times I don't have, like, action pictures of the matches, which probably wouldn't do anybody good. But I have, like, pictures of the leather seats, and <laughs> like how close we were, and, like, the, the outdoor of um, Arena in Mexico, and, and pictures of, that I took real quick of those lucha action figures outside, and the street right outside of Arena Mexico. So I can, like, show you, like, the, or the pictures of the standing ovation. So I, I can send you these pictures, Chris, if you want to post some of those pictures as well.
1: You know. Awesome, awesome. And so uh we get to the main event, uh we were talking about how old every match up to this point has had someone who's over the age of 40 pretty much. And yeah. uh in this last match the oldest guy is Volt Volodil Jr at 37. You got Matt Taven who's only uh 33. You got uh Covenario, Wait, wait wait. wait, wait, wait,
3: wait, time time out. Matt Taven is 33? Yeah, Matt Taven's 33.
1: Not 23,
3: 33.
1: Yeah, he's thirty three. He's been doing this for a while. He, he was in. God. He didn't start in Ring of Honor till like twenty ten. So uh, he was already like twenty five when he was starting in in Ring of Honor.
3: Dude, you you know when I saw this guy, you know who? And I've I posted this several times. He reminds me of like Kendall Wyndham in nineteen eighty six. Man, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. that. That blonde hair and that tall lanky, no destination you know like all i could think of was like kendall windham and lucha <laughs> you
1: know, know that. exactly it. so uh, and, and,
3: and, and you have to be 40 years old to know what i'm talking about i'm sorry for all no guys. no no
1: i know exactly what you're windham. talking
3: about it was Barry Wyndham's younger brother who uh you know um was on nitro as part of the west texas outlaws right but you know, those of us who grew up in the '80s know him as like very and skinny little brother with the uh, fluffy hair.
1: Anyway, go. Speaking of fluffy hair, Calvinario's is only 24. Uh, oh my break- God, he is amazing. Yeah, he was a real breakout star, uh, and and someone that he's one of my absolute favorite gimmicks of the last, you know, maybe uh, six years, um, and he's already won. Let's see here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like seven hair matches in his short career. Wow. <laughs> um,
4: well,
3: and, and that's the amazing thing about this match. And this is where I think that really saved them with that LA park match. And this is just my own personal uh, um, theory is that all of these guys have like amazing bushels of hair. So yes. if you cut anybody's hair off, they're going to feel it. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to notice. They're going to notice that hair because they all have this super long hair. You know, it wasn't like little mini afros or anything like El Dandy used to have. This is like long flowing stripper hair,
1: you know. Sorry exactly. And then Roosh Rush is only uh, 29. So uh, yeah, you, you had... He's amazing, amazing live. And I, and I have to tell you
3: this. Roosh and Volador Jr. had two of the best entrances I've ever witnessed live. And I've been to two WrestleManias. But just live, their entrances were so awesome. Like it just felt like a concert, and it felt. I know you're like, man, you know, how are we going to be able to follow that last match where they're throwing money in the ring, right? And you do it by having two amazing back-to-back entrances, and before your tag team partners can even come down that crazy, super neat, cool CMLL ramp, you just immediately start brawling with each other and <laughs> going into the crowd, and that's how you keep the that's how you keep the crowd into
1: it. And uh, Brandon, did you watch these entrances? And were you able to convince either Grapplers Anonymous or ESW to maybe invest in a ramp in the dancers?
2: Uh, maybe if we hit the lottery.
3: <laughs> hey, 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 Brandon! I'll tell you, if I hit the lottery, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in that for you, man. <laughs> I'm all I'm all over it because, hey, I'm sorry, man. I've been watching these uh, these dancers for like 20 plus years, right? It's, it's yeah, I love time, him, man. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I, I, I used, to, you're just like, oh my god, I'm finally witnessing them, and it's not unlike an old VHS tape. <laughs> <You know>? Like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're all excited. Now, let's say, let's ignore that. I could probably be their father, or the, I'm the age of yeah. their father. That, let's <laughs> let's forget that for the moment. Let's just pretend I'm back in like 1999, 2000, and I'm
1: their age. Yeah, you know? there you go. So this was a, a pretty. It looked like it was a pretty intense match. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, if if Roosh was going to lose his hair, they were going to be pretty pissed that they didn't get the LA Park uh, uh, match. And so that just didn't make sense to them. So it seemed to me like it had to be Taven and Volador Jr. I,
3: I, mean. I made that exact same comment. I was like,
1: I was like, hey, this is a foregone
3: conclusion that that you know Volador and Taven are losing their hair, right? He's like, oh, I don't know, and I was like, well. But, but, but here's the thing. Holy Junior, and Taven are CMLL guys, correct? Like, they're not freelancers like L.A. Park.
1: I believe yeah, so. I mean, yeah, generally, CMLL has never been very uh, uh, tolerant of freelancers, but it's changed so much in the last few years here when you have people like the Lucha Brothers that have been basically allowed to work everywhere.
3: Right, but, but. But the thing is, the Lucha Brothers. There really isn't anything on the line. They're just kind of like featured. Same thing with LA Park, right? Hey, okay, we're going to feature you. We're just not going to let you do anything important, you know, he, or, or you know, kind of like carry a belt or you know. Well,
1: I mean, ever he's he, LA Park goes into business for himself every time he needs to. So he uh, right <laughs> he he you know he's already what trying to push for uh, him versus Helio Desanto, not Helio Desanto, um. Uh, uh, who just lost their their mask? Who am I thinking of? Wagner Jr. Wagner Jr. Like him and Wagner Jr. were going to do something. I think as as another program, and yeah, it just never ends. But I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, but, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, it almost to me, it wouldn't have been a bad idea to have Rush lose his hair and say. Yeah, okay, you, you saw who's here, but we're going to do it with one of our guys. Put one of our guys over, not the freelance guy. But the only thing that sucks is that they were building towards the L.A. Park versus Rush match, you know? Yeah. Like, they were built towards But live, I mean, the the first the, 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 the first two falls were, um, were pretty fun. The first fall was, like, really kind of like that wild brawling and that chaos, right? You know, Barbaro. Did you see where he does a splash off the top of the stage? Like where the other guys landed on, like guys who were standing, he just splashes the guy. Man, he super flies and splashes.
1: It looked so a guy on the metal stage. That's why everyone is saying, like, he's 24. If he makes it to 30, we're all going to be flabbergasted because uh, oh, he just seems like the kind was, of guy it was... that's. It's just going to ruin yeah. his knees.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And then the second fall was more like posturing, stick, you know, playing to the crowd. I right? had my slow hot finish. But, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. That third fall, inside of the arena, was one of the most intense feelings being a member of the crowd I've ever had, ever, as a wrestling fan. Going to shows since 1986, so 30-plus years of going to shows on and off. It was one of the most satisfying moments I've ever had as a wrestling fan, where every move, every dive, especially in that third fall, every time like it felt like they were going to go into the crowd, Um, everybody just watching the kid in front of me, she's this little like I don't know, eight or nine-year-old girl just kind of nervously biting her fingernails, everybody's <laughs> on the edge of their seats. You know? And I, I have no idea how
1: it came across on TV. Okay, I had no idea. Brandon, how did it come across on television?
2: The the third fall was super dramatic. Yeah,
3: yeah, and, just it, pure drama live. It was the best live experience I've ever had at a wrestling show, even more so than the insane match before it.
1: And and then when it came time to cut the hair, uh, it, it there was a, there was dissension right between Taven and Volador Jr.
3: Yeah, but dude did not. that the Okay, so the ending came across fine. The angle did not come across that well on TV. Mm. Or, or live, excuse me. It did not come across that well live. Like, I didn't really understand, like, what was going on between Tave and the Boulder. I thought it was a miscommunication spot, like, or two miscommunication spots back to back. I didn't know it was an actual turn. Yeah, you know what I mean? Think
1: it- I, and it, I, I only noticed it because I read a review of the show as well and and it clarified that for me, but I remember watching the the clip and thinking something's up there. I can't tell exactly what's happening, but something's up yeah and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, in the end there but um and then was it that even one of the guys tried to, to run to leave? Yeah, it said Taven tried yeah. to flee, but Volodyr dragged him back to the ring for the head shaving. correct yeah
3: and and, and, and live, I want to tell you this, the match itself. Like I said, one of the most intense, best life experiences ever. The haircutting kind of anticlimactic, you know. No one was crying. Everybody was just kind of standing, taking pictures, looking at the confetti fall from the ring. But the uh, haircutting yeah. itself, kind of anticlimactic, you
1: sure know. If it was a. Like, if, I'm sure if it was Casas or someone that that they can really get behind, you know, and feel yeah. big about. But uh, no, no poor... if it was
3: Negro Casas getting his haircut, people might have jumped the rail. <laughs> you
2: know what I mean at least on TV no, we, really at least on TV we didn't see tave we saw taven like gets a lot of it, the back end of it, like the long part in the back get get cut off but he, he was not buzzed as, as far as I saw on tv um
1: like, like Voldor was right,
2: right? Voldor had part of his hair head shaved and like and then like walked to the back with you know looking all disheveled.
1: And we should point out that that Casas has lost his hair quite a number of times, including to right. Volador Junior uh, about two years ago, and including to Rush about uh, two years before that, and to Eddie Guerrero what? back in the eighties one time. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. But on this show,
3: they would have rushed because he was the most popular guy on the show. <laughs> I'm just saying. But at least I would like to think they would. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm right there on this thing. But, but no. But it, the haircut in itself was kind of a. It was kind of anticlimactic. Like I wanted to see like people crying, but nobody cared.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I can't imagine anyone short of of, uh, Matt Taven's uh, best friend from high school would be that broken up, the romantic touch, (laughs) losing his hair. Um, I will
3: tell you this, though, man, um, and I I believe, man, Roosh live. Is so charismatic, man. Like, you, you cling. Like, I'm not saying he's the best wrestler. I'm just saying he's like one of those guys with so much charisma. Like, live when you're watching him, you're clinging to his next move, man. Who are you want to know the, what he's going to do next.
1: You're, you're a guy who's seen so much wrestling, both on tape and in live. Yep. Uh, who are some of those people that, you know, you just think the, they transcend the charisma that they have and they just the audience just absorbs it and they're just infatuated with them? I, I mean, I would always say Cena just because he, yep. he he gets so much from so little. And that's, you know, kind of the yep. definition of someone like that. Uh, but who else kind of sticks in your head? Is it like a Kerry uh, uh, Von eric
3: Yeah, we said this for years. No, not even Kerry Von Eric, Michael P.S. Hayes
1: mm.
3: is like that. You know, one of those guys where is just every movement, you know, matters. And that's, that's, uh, that he's the one who comes to mind in America. The, the other guy that comes to mind um, uh, from Japan is Ricky Choshu,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, just oozing charisma. I mean, and then you can go with guys even like Lawler, you know, mm-hmm. or, yeah. um, or even like a Crusher Blackwell, you know, in AWA. <laughs> like, seriously, you know, I mean, but Rush is just like one well, of those guys are you like clinging to? you know. I mean, it, it was so weird because like I'd seen Rush, I, I'd enjoyed some of his stuff, but I was like, oh my god, this guy is like really fun to watch. You I know? think that's gonna like, be, I be I the. Know what's
1: gonna that'll be the pull quote for the show: is find out who Will from Texas called the Crusher Blackwell of Mexico. Dot dot dot.
3: you don't <laughs> no, no, believe it. No, the Michael Hayes of Mexico, man. Come on, that sounds so much better. The Michael Hayes of Mexico. All right, because you know Michael Hayes realistically probably doesn't even like Mexicans. I'm fans. just saying, like, he's that kind of guy, right? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's, let's do that. But anyway, but no, but, but it was. It was an amazing experience, amazing match. Like, the only match that I thought actively was not good was that Ultimo Guerrero six-man, you know, because of those crappy AAA guys. But the rest of the show was great. Probably top to bottom, one of the best shows, if not the best show I've ever attended live. I'm not saying on tape it's going to translate like that because there were clearly some flub spots, miscommunication, things like that. I'm just saying in terms of atmosphere, the crowd, the noise, the excitement, marking out for the legends, great wrestling, drama, the big uh, payoff with the haircut, and everything was there, man.
1: I mean, the hot dancers, fire, the did, cool did you, stage. Did you enjoy some cerveza? Cerveza. No, man, I don't drink. Oh, I forgot. Of
3: course. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink. I'm sober. That's but true. I was punched drunk. If that makes <laughs> sense, man. It was out of
1: excitement. You know,
3: I, I celebrated with some churros afterwards at a local churro place, man. That my buddy took me to. But I mean, it was it was exciting. My my friend, my friend Hassan, who you know um, did this trip with me, and um, you know was insistent that I go to Mexico with him. He's from the Middle East, man. He flew 24 hours to come see this show, you know? And he walked away and he was like, he's been to the Tokyo Dome. He's been to, you know, at the Tokyo Dome show on um, January 4th. He's been to WrestleMania's. Um, He's like, man, this is the the best arena I've ever been to. You know, he's like, this is the best show. (laughs) You know? He he loved it. And and I felt the same way. It was just like, we had to catch a flight at, Um, what time does our flight leave eight o'clock? And so, you know, it's Mexico city, man. It's a big city. We did not want to be late for this plane. And so we, we left the hotel at five. We didn't go to bed till like one in the morning, you know, and it was just, you you couldn't sleep. You're just like, so energized from this night of amazing wrestling.
1: And as the world is getting smaller, this experience is still staying pretty authentic. It sounds like, uh, just because Oh, you know, as, but, as... Dude, I'm
3: never going to forget it until I get like uh, Alzheimer's or something. Like, <laughs> this is, this is me, man. I mean, this is like this, it made it all worth it. You know? I mean, it was, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like one of those things where I'm just like, I want to experience arena Mexico over and over. I love Mexico City. I thought Mexico City was so cool, man. I, you know, I didn't get sick you know like, everybody was friendly i got around not speaking very much spanish all i had to do was tell uh, like tell our uber drivers i'd like get on google translate and just say something like i love fat women or something and they just start cracking up and everybody was cool with that you know and <laughs> yeah, i'm serious you know and it was like it was such a blast you know and and we afterwards i was like no i want to make this a, maybe not a yearly thing, but maybe every other year, you know, like oh wow, what legends coming in the arena Mexico? Let's go, and it's cheap. Okay, and why say cheap? I'm 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 looking at relative. This is the WrestleMania of Mexico, right? Yeah. I asked my buddy how much he paid for the tickets, and for tenth row, where I could like literally be at the the edge of the um uh, uh, uh ring ring side, in literally less than five seconds. 10th row, 100 bucks.
1: That's a good deal. i spent
3: $250 on WrestleMania tickets where you're just happy to be in the bottom bowl. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And you can't even sniff like ringside or, um, you know, floor seats. For, exactly. $1,000, you know? And so this, I've been to two WrestleManias and... The energy and excitement, and and one of the WrestleManias I went to was a really great WrestleMania. That was the Rock one in Miami. I was there too. And then I went, and then I went to the Dallas one with a uh, um, Roman Triple H, which really sucked. <laughs> okay, which was another cool environment, right? A hundred thousand people just sitting around watching people, you know, wrestling. That was cool, it but cool. nothing touched this. Roxina won that the energy when those two faced off, right? Just right away, through the roof. You know, well, there was no roof, but you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, just just there. No, man. I tell, I'm telling everybody, go to Mexico City, live like a king for a couple of days, and you're gonna you're gonna save money. I think uh, the round trip flight to Mexico City won't be bottom. American Airlines, a decent decent flight, three hundred bucks, three hundred and fifty bucks, right? Okay,
4: it's, it's the way About to do $100 it. A hundred
3: dollars ticket, and and then you know most hotels, like I think we stayed at a five star hotel that was like a hundred and forty a night, hundred and thirty a
1: night, two nights. It sounds like it was a, a wonderful trip, and that's why Wrestlingomics Radio is now sponsored by the City of Mexico City Tourism. If you want, yes. yes. If you want to visit the world's weirdest arena, please come down to Mexico City and stand by our garage doors. And uh,
3: <laughs> dude, it was amazing. You have to go, Chris. We're going to do a trip to Mexico City. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Use the keyword. But, I mean, really, you went to all in. Let me ask you. Let me
1: ask you. Okay, since we're here, how much did your all-in tickets cost? Uh, their face value was very low. Uh, their right. base value was probably 20 bucks a piece or 25 bucks a piece or something. I think we okay. ended up getting them for maybe 75 a piece. Um, somewhere right okay. there, right? right branded, okay. Maybe more. Uh, uh
2: keep, keep talking. I'll look it up.
1: We were, so it's 11,000 people in the arena. Uh, we were facing mm-hmm. the ring and we were about halfway down the very first riser, uh, uh above the floor. It was a tremendous view where we could watch okay. the whole show without needing the screens or anything. So it was right. it was it was an awesome awesome seats and we had a we had a great time and it was a a long show and it was all enjoyable and then it was over and it was done and so I got to say that's the one thing that I love about when um wrestling is on pay-per-view and things is that there's time commitments. So you know that you're not going to be stuck there forever the way at an indie show it can never well, end. Well, hold on,
3: hold on. We're going to Hell in the Cell tomorrow, man, and there is no guarantee that show is going to have any time commitment.
1: That's true. That WWE shows, on the other hand, they they they, they, they promise you they'll give you six to seven hours of content uh,
2: plus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Our three but, tickets. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it,
3: man. I can't top this show. I mean, there's going to be some great matches on that show. But I don't know if it can top that Arena Mexico experience. It was Brandon, so what would was-
1: what was the three tickets cost?
2: Our three tickets through Vivid, which is our secondary seller, seven hundred and eighteen dollars sixty one cents comes out to about two forty a ticket.
1: Okay, I did not realize we spent that much. <laughs> I, Damn, Mister Moneybags! Not even missing two hundred and forty dollars. Look at yeah, you. I think I owe a little bit more money to Brandon than I realized I did. Yeah,
2: so it's, it's all it's all pay, patrons. Patron support. Yeah. So so
3: Brandon, I guess the idea is that your ticket cost 300 plus <laughs> and uh Chris's ticket cost 75. I think that's to with the Oh,
2: I remember it. He, he let me stay at his hotel at no charge, so.
3: That is true.
1: There there you go.
3: Okay, so how much did you pay for the was it a five-star hotel?
1: It was a five-star experience because I was there. It was a nice and, hotel. Uh, you
3: come on.
1: But what I'm saying is there's no way you paid
3: 130 bucks for like a downtown Chicago hotel
1: room. Luckily, we're in Schaumburg, Chicago, which mm-hmm. is the, uh, the yeah. It's it's where the rest of the Perfect Strangers cast was hanging out when they filmed the show. We didn't get the Belky suite. We got the rest. of the
3: people. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I'm just trying to say is that like you still spend a pretty penny going to all Lane. Now, did, did you drive to Chicago from Minneapolis?
1: I did. I Did yeah. So yeah, I okay. Was... Yeah. Able to save but, a little bit of money there, but yeah, it sounds like Mexico City is a a bargain and a steal by comparison, and that's definitely something. Yeah, fair, that fair, to
3: be fair, I did fly in from Texas too, so I will I will you know throw that out there. You I know, mean, I flew in from Dallas, so it wasn't like I was up there in like Chicago or Minneapolis or something. So you know, it might be a little bit more for the plane tickets, man. But I mean, if you're going if you're gonna throw out money to go to a WrestleMania, if you're gonna throw out money to go to um what other shows are there like all in or you know the the Wrestle Kingdom or or wherever, yeah. whatever there's no reason you couldn't throw money to go to like an affordable show in mexico like i i mean that it was just it was i feel like it's almost like a pilgrimage that every wrestling fan who's really into the art of wrestling should 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 actually do you know i think everyone should go at least once to Arena Mexico. I'm not even saying stay in the hotel we stayed in. I'm just saying go.
1: You know? I agree. And, I agree. Now, Will, uh, we got to wrap this up because uh, this is hour number 11 or something for Brandon doing audio well, with me today. So uh, we're, we got to we got to close this down. But I want to know from you: uh, where can people find out more about uh, what's been going on with Good Helmet? Where he can read uh, reviews of your show and and get in touch with you if they ever want to uh, compare. Uh, pictures of bootleg DVD vendors.
3: <laughs> um, look, man, uh, just go. Uh, um, my buddy Charles and I have uh, run this uh, site, uh, Pro Wrestling Only. For years, he just made it into a website. He's trying to do this database thing. That once it's complete, it's going to be super cool. But go to the boards over at Pro Wrestling Only. You know, um, I have a, a, a little thread about this over there. Um, I, I do podcasts on the Place to Be Nation. I want to. So I did uh, the anniversary show with you today. Um, after Hell in the Cell, I'm going to do a show with my buddy Scott over at Place to Be Nation. We're going to do a review of the Hell in the Cell. They just mentioned some of the things we did tonight about Arena Mexico and Impact, and I'll probably throw in things I didn't throw in on today's show because, you know, you, you wanted to get inside the arena, you didn't want to talk all day about, you know, corn vendors or whatever I was experiencing. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. But but you know, I, I don't have a Twitter presence. I don't have a Facebook presence anymore. So, you know, um, keep that pretty low key. But.
1: Um, you know, I'll be
3: around, man. I'll probably end up doing some more podcasts. I mean, I'm just excited. I feel like I should start a Lucha podcast now. and Just be like the Lucha guy, you know? The way to live. I feel like I have street cred. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have, like, credibility now as, like, a Lucha fan. Because I was there at Arena Mexico at an anniversary show. I mean, how exciting is that?
1: We we, we, we we go exactly the opposite direction I've spent nothing but the last 12 years studying wWE financial disclosures and I'm still terrified to go to a stock meeting like a, a shareholders meeting or something <laughs> so uh, why
3: you got the credit man
1: I think if I wear the hat security will detain me so I'm gonna have to put on put on a fake outfit and uh hey as like um okay so so speaking
3: of money in this show, and I, I know we have to go uh, and I'm sorry Brandon, but I have to ask this like what kind of difference do you think rush versus l a park makes Mask versus hair man for sure? um in terms of what? well like like, like in terms of money
1: it, it's it's interesting because I think the difference would always come down to the ticket prices is is how quickly could they okay. sell out sell out the 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 lower and they did not sell out this show? Okay. exactly so that's Do you know how short of a sellout it was
3: um you're looking at three sections, three small sections in the in the bleachers at the top of
1: the arena
2: okay it's about ten thousand so almost a sellout right? about ten thousand yeah. capacity right uh maybe even a little
1: bit more than that i thought it was more like sixteen thousand yeah yeah i would say if
4: let's
3: say if it's ten thousand and they had uh, 9500 in there. 16000 and they had 15000 in there. That kind of buy.
1: Yeah. Know? And, and it's just one of those where I think they, they probably would have taken the tickets up a lot higher if they actually were able to do Roosh versus LA Park. And so it would have sold out. It sold out. I guarantee it would have. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it. it LA, I, I have to say L.A. Park um, continues his legacy to be you know, kind of a Hall of Fame wrestler, though. Just the fact that yes. he can continue to be a difference maker at this age, at this stage in his career. And as many bridges wow. as he's burned, he still comes back and still people want to see him more. And he did it,
3: what, uh, headlining or co-headlining the two main shows in the two shows in Mexico. Yeah. But I think not having that hair match and kind of like that, even though that was a classic six-man uh, match, not having that classic singles match really hurt his case as like wrestler of the year in the observer. Cause I think if he, 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 he does LA park versus rush the way he turned business around for this company and then has like the classic match at the, the biggest show of the year after headlining or, or you know, being in the biggest show of triple a, how can you say that's not the wrestler of the year, man?
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. He's, he's, um, he still he's, might be the wrestler of the year, but year's not over. It's like, like, like uh, as as crazy it was when when Cody Rhodes was able to be like on you know TNA's biggest show, WrestleMania, and and Wrestle Kingdom all in like one year. LA yeah. Park is ten times that big, in my opinion, just because he's oh he's, absolutely because he, he's a worker on top of that, and he's a a over the top presence that has been able to carry it on in his forties and versus and now in his fifties actually. So it's just like, it's crazy.
3: Right. And, and it wasn't what was Cody like really like turning TNA's business around, you know? Like going yeah. from like 5,000 to
1: sellouts like over I, one week, you know? I, I think, like I, I said this on the show, I've said it a thousand times since. Uh, it, All In was the best infomercial you'll ever see for the value of Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks because nice. they sold out a right. whole arena, they made everybody care about yep. them, and they seemed like they were the coolest act in America at this moment. And that's the most any wrestler can ever say is that they can walk into a room, sell out 11,000 people without a a show. And then, you know, you talk about the environment there where where everyone's chanting his name. You know, I had never seen
4: 11,000
1: Cody Rhodes fans in one place until we were at All Win. And (laughs) (laughs) we joked at a figure. Yeah, go. Yeah dick had won it would have been a riot similar to the rock you know i remember i remember Cena in miami and i remember thinking if if the rock doesn't win there will be a riot here like people will not yes. deal with this
3: well i'll tell you what man that that that's all good for cody Rhodes, but if you ever hear fifteen thousand people chant one person's name <laughs> go to arena mexico and listen to him say negro 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 well Never i think we i think Greatest we figured football. out
1: we just figured out who cody Rhodes should be defending the uh the nwa title against in the very near future is match uh, of year is done so <laughs> love to see that uh will it's been great having you on here uh brandon thanks so much for uh also not only buying the pay-per-view but being our audio technician and our translator today and uh, of course being the co-host as you always are uh, i hope you gentlemen are both doing well and we'll talk to you all again as soon as we can bye-bye
3: Podcast. There is a new, shiny star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement.
4: Go to any podcast platform to listen today.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.